it's, it's coming up to Christmas. We've only got a few days to go, a few more sleeps. And um, let me just... And, uh, you know, we did, we did a big long series of sermons on Romans. And so there's a couple, there's always a couple of weeks at the end of the year you've got to fill in. And traditionally, it's about Christmas. And so this year, Josh uh, had the idea of doing something a little bit left field about Christmas, you know, looking at some of the things that we don't normally hear carols about or or talk much about or you don't see it depicted on Christmas cards etc etc and he came up with a genealogy of those women that we looked at last week which Andrew Andrew shared with us and my topic was the wise men dash their journey so that's what we're going to look at uh, this morning together so Christmas time is is a time of of tradition as we've talked about, lots of symbolism, you know, all sorts of things like trees and stars and angels, you know, and fantasy. Mostly, I would have to say, is fantasy. It really is. It really is. So the fantasy that we, that we, that some of the things that are fanciful, fanciful, for example, flying reindeer. You know, I don't know. What about the the all the those elves down at the North Pole making toys? That's that's Christmas, isn't it? And then and then there's trees with lights on them. You know, nice, very nice, very Christmassy. But the lights have sort of taken over, haven't they? They're on everything, everywhere. We've got lights on our, on the no standing zone poles outside of our house. <laughs> got a very keen neighbour. The bottom of our street. I don't know if you watched the news on Channel Seven during the week. The snow house, the Montmorency snow house, was on Channel Seven News down the bottom of our street. I reckon you know it, it's 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 a wonderful sight. Lights everywhere on everything. Then there are the songs about the snow, huh? That's relevant. The sleighs, and don't forget Frosty the Snowman, and of course the big, the big main man himself, Santa. Fanciful, isn't it? But it doesn't just stop there with with that part of Christmas, because even if you believe that Christmas is the celebration the religious celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ. Even if you believe that, you'll find the same sort of thing. Lots of tradition, lots of symbolism, and maybe maybe not fantasy, but perhaps some delusion, some wrong information given. In fact, there's quite a lot of speculation and supposition about the Christmas story that we sort of read a little bit about this morning and we've been hearing about and singing about. There really is. When you sit down and you have a look at what the actual Christmas story is and then you reflect on what we do and what we participate in and what we actually celebrate and what we actually put up there as the highest... uh, the highest uh, priority at Christmas time, you discover that there's a bit of a misalignment. 
And the very first uh, thing that, that uh, the very first thing is these wise men. The wise men. Who were they? You know, in my Bible, which I have an NIV Bible, it says the visit of the Magi is the heading. And that's what it taught. It says that, that, um, that in the time of King Herod, Magi, Magi came. Now, Magi in the NIV, but in the King James Version, it says wise men. So any, any, Preacher worth his salt would sort of think to me, so I'm, I've got to look that up in the Greek. That's what you do, you know. I mean, there's a little bit of confusion. Look it up in the Greek. So I did that. And the actual word that, that uh, the Apostle Matthew used was the word, the Greek word, magios. Now, sorry, Desi, you probably didn't say that right, which is M-A-G-I-O-S. And, and the meaning of that word, right, when you look it up in the Greek dictionary, the meaning of the word is oriental scientist. That's what it means. Now, you know about dictionaries. I've told you a lot about dictionaries. You know, dictionaries have different meanings. You know, the main meanings, number one, number two, is the second one. So, oriental scientist is number one. Number two, magician. Number three, sorcerer. It's getting worse, isn't it? And then at number four comes the wise men. And it stops there. Did you notice anything? Anything sort of... Did you notice anything missing in that definition, the Greek definition for the word? No mention of kings. We three kings of our... You know, we sing that. The three wise men, the three kings... Why do we do that? Not a mention. If you've got an NIV Bible and a pew Bible, I checked, most of the pew Bibles have got this. I want you to have a look at the footnote for verse 1, and on my Bible it says C for Magi. What does it say at the bottom of the footnote? Just shout it out if you can see, if the first person that finds it. What does it say? Not biblically, not scripturally. What was the word again? Traditionally. Traditionally. Alright, so who were these wise men? Who were these men? Traditionally we say they were wise men. Traditionally we also say the three kings, the three wise men. Because, you know, we assumed there was three gifts, you know, gold, frankincense and myrrh, so must be three kings. Who knows? Next slide, please. But, but, do you know, do you know the names of these men? Do you know the names of these men? What are their names? Part of, part of my heritage is uh, Roman Catholic. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Italy, so you have to be a Roman Catholic. You're not allowed to be anything else. No choice. And all Roman Catholics at Christmas time bring out the nativity scene. I've got two at home. This is the traditional one, you know, there's all sorts of ones. We've got a little wooden one for the kids to play with because it doesn't break. 
the three men. This man's name is Jasper. Spoke with a, with a, with a G, but said or pronounced Casper. And he has brown hair, sometimes a beard, sometimes no beard, uh, a greenish cloak or garment, and uh, a, a golden crown. And his gift that he brought was frankincense. Now I've got to make sure I get the right one. This chappy, his name is Melchior. Hmm, Melchior, did you know that? He usually has uh, you know, lighter, lighter grey coloured hair, sometimes a beard or no beard, ochre or, 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 or a you know, reddy coloured garment, and he brought the gift of gold. There you go. And of course, number three, Balthazar Balth is his name, probably not said correctly, and he was the, the darker skinned chap, and uh, again, sometimes beard or no beard, this depends. And he always wore a p- purple cloak. You'll see that. I mean, you, you'll be taking notice of all this, all this trivia that I'm giving you today. And his gift was the gift of myrrh. Okay. Now, if you believe or if you think that they were kings, Jasper, king of Sheba... Melchar, king of Arabia, and this guy, he was the king of Egypt. I have no idea where all that information came from. No idea whatsoever. But that's, that's, that's what people say. Do you realise, folks, that the only reliable documented information that we have about these men, we just read about it this morning. That's it. That's it. There's no mention of their names in the Bible. We're not told they were kings, let alone what they were kings of. And Rachel, we weren't told what sort of clothes they were wearing. We were not. And yet, when you when you when you get when you get uh, Belchazar, uh, sorry, he's always going to wear the same sort of clothing because that's what he wore, apparently. Next slide, please. Maybe not the next slide because we've, we've lost. Now we've lost the uh, the panel opera. Thank you. All right. But we are told some interesting things that we read this morning. We're told that these men came from the east, from the east, the east of Jerusalem. Now, when you look at the map, the east of Jerusalem is the the Persian area, Persia. Persia, today, we, we, we call Iran. Big place. Today, it's the 18th most populated country in the world at 82 million. You know, we, we've just hit about 25 and a half million here in Australia. England, England is, has about 68 million. So it's a pretty big place. It was a very, very influential empire around the time of the Bible, biblical days. And so we have these three blokes, three men coming from the east and they ask, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? 
I don't know about you, but I've got to ask myself, how did they know this? How did they know to ask this? Have you ever thought about that? I know, I know, I think a bit weird, but I'm thinking, how did these people know? And then they say, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. This is, this, to me, this is really weird. Because there are only two references in the Old Testament. What is the Old Testament? The Jewish religious book. Yes? That's where they, they wrote, they had all those writings, the prophecies and, and, and the books of Moses. So in Isaiah, sorry, in Numbers, yeah, Isaiah 60 and verse 3, in Isaiah, in Numbers 24, there, there is a, there are references of a special star. Or a light in the sky, a special light in the sky, and it would mark the the, the coming of, of a of a an important and 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 famous, potentially famous leader of Israel. But these blokes lived in Persia. Can I can I just put it to you? This. What we're talking about is the the first Christmas, right? There hasn't been a Christmas before this. So here are these three three men in Persia, somewhere in Persia, and they see a star and they go to Jerusalem to see a king that's been born. Do you see... There's a problem with this. Even though there are some references in the Old Testament, there's a pro- I have a problem with this. You see, the Magi, that's what they refer to here, or kings, or wise men, or whatever you want to call them, these three men, they were not Jews. They weren't Jewish. Do you realise that? They were not Jewish. So how did they know about this? How did they know about the Old Testament, looking it up in Isaiah and Numbers, how about the star, the significance? How did they know all that? You, you, you probably get all excited about the turkey and, and, and the presents, cranberry sauce, all that, tinsel maybe. If you're Italian, panettone. Do you ever start... I know, I stop and think about things like this sometimes. How did they know? Very quick uh, history lesson here. In biblical days, do you remember a man called Cyrus the Great? So this this is going to test some of our, our biblical knowledge. Cyrus the Great was the king of Persia. Mentioned in the Bible... Cyrus the Great came and conquered another great empire, Babylon, the Babylonian Empire. It originally uh, made famous and became into prominence by through Nebuchadnezzar. Ah, there's a name I remember, Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, he's starting to get a bit of a picture now. Nebuchadnezzar was used by God to 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 chasten the nation of Israel. And he came and he conquered the nation of Israel and, 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 and took most of the people captive into Babylon. And they were there 
How long? Who, who knows? How long? Hell? He's a very smart lady. Seventy years. The Babylonian captivity lasted for 70 years and it was King Cyrus the Great, the king of Persia, who came and defeated, not Nebuchadnezzar because he was already gone then, but he, he defeated the Babylonian Empire and he was a tremendous um, humanitarian, I guess. And it says in the Bible, I, I really haven't got time to go into this, but it says that he was anointed by God to do this and he freed all of the captives, all of the captives in 536 BC. You can read about all this in Ezra uh, and, and in Daniel chapter 9. And, he, and God prompted Cyrus the Great to, to decree, he had this decree that he would free the Jews and not only that, they were allowed to go home and not only that, he was going to help them rebuild the temple in Jerusalem. You can read about all that in the three books of Ezra, Nehemiah and Esther. Here's an interesting, uh, more interesting trivia. At this time that we've just been recounting, about a million Jews were living in the Persian Empire. One million. Now when, when the decree was given by, by King Cyrus, 50,000, that's a lot of people, but it's only about 5% of a million, right? So 5% of the Jews that were in captivity actually returned. That was the greatest number. We sort of talked about a, a bit about this when we did Esther uh, a little while back. Uh, we looked at the book of Esther. And so the largest number that went back was 50,000, and then there were a couple of other, you know, going back to Israel, probably another 30,000 all up. So around 80,000 people went back. And historians tell us that the majority, now that is 80,000 out of a million, so the majority, over 900,000 decided they would stay. They were free, but they would stay. Why would they stay? Well, they'd been in captivity for 70 years. That's about three generations. Nobody knew what it was like in Israel. They had no, no family, no roots, nothing, you know. So it makes sense that most of them would stay. And even Daniel, who, who, who brought to light, hey, you know what? The captivity is going to end soon. Even Daniel didn't go back. He stayed as well. And Esther tells us that there were many, many thousands of Jews living in Persia and there was a continuous presence of, of Jewish people ever in Persia since, since Cyrus the Great. And even today, right now, there is a group today called Persian Jews. Not a large number, but there are still Persian Jews. So why am I telling all this? Because the teaching, you think a million Jews, someone would have had a copy of the Old Testament, don't you think? Or at least the oral history and the oral teachings of the Old Testament. And how long were they there for? 70 years. And so that information would have been available. Readily available. What sort of men were these? 
I would agree that they were wise men. They were wise men because not only were they scientists or learned people, like some, some commentators would tell you they were, they were intellectuals, learned people, but they read or listened about this, this God of Israel. And not only did they listen, they believed. They believed what they had read or, or had heard. And more than that, Liz, they actioned it, didn't they? From Persia on a camel. Because in my nativity scene there are camels. I'm assuming it was camels, right? It doesn't say that in the Bible, but they came all the way from Persia. Not just to have a quick look, they actually brought expensive gifts. Because what they'd read was a king had been born. And they were going to go and pay homage and worship this king. What about the star? The star's a big thing in Christmas time. The star. That's very important in this, in this, um, thank you. It's very important in this story of, of, uh, these wise men. Very important. There's so much speculation about this star. Or explanation, I suppose you would often say. Was it really a star even? Now, I don't know, because in my research I've discovered that some people think it was a comet, a supernova, a thing, a phenomenon called dancing planets. I, I read about it, I don't understand it, what, what it is. But And then some were talking about the planet Jupiter at different times. Uh, you know, they li- lined up with other planets and stars and... Phew, I'll tell you what, I couldn't understand that either. Others said it was a multiple of stars, you know, and that's what they saw. You know, astronomers and astrologers, they speculate, they theorise about it, and even today they still haven't worked out what this star was. But let me tell you, folks, when I read the scripture, it makes it really clear, really clear why this star is special, and it was special. This is what these wise men said. Where is the the one who was born, has been born, king of the Jews? We have seen his star. His star. They were able to identify and work out that, you know, this star's not like any other star that's in the sky. It was a special star. It was prophesied about in the scriptures. Now, you know, when you say that to people, they think to themselves, oh, that's a bit fanciful, Raph. I mean, like Santa's not. The elves down working really hard at the North Pole. Look, this is how how I understand it. This whole event is a a miraculous event right from the get-go. We heard last week that there was an old lady who, who got pregnant, totally out of... You know, physical possibilities. She was too old, and yet she she became pregnant. Her name was Elizabeth. And then we read of a of a young woman, a young you know adolescent girl, a virgin, became pregnant. If you read this Christmas story, you have angels telling the parents what to call this expected child. 
The whole thing's miraculous. So why not the star? Hmm? Why not the star? And if you're not convinced it's happened before, I can't believe how quick the times were. If you're not convinced it's happened before, I'm going to have to talk really fast. Have you heard of Shekinah Glory? Hey, Shekinah Glory, what was that? It was a bright light in the sky, Rachel. And what was that doing? It was directing and leading the people of Israel where God wanted them to go. All right, that's a Shekinah Glory. I'm going to leave the thing about Galileo out. God has always used, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God has always used various and different and weird ways of communicating with people in times past. Rachel, that's now, in this book that we read, this, this period. That's the times past. It goes on to say in Hebrews, but now he communicates to us through Christ. So it's quite within God's scope to communicate with a miraculous star in the sky. God has always responded to those who genuinely seek to know him, always. Last week we heard about Rahab and Ruth. I love the story about the Ethiopian eunuch. I haven't got time to really go into it, but I love that. The Ethiopian eunuch was the most unlikely candidate to become a Christian. Wrong country, wrong colour skin. He was a eunuch. He wasn't even, he wasn't even, you know, part of, of Israel. Didn't live there. But he was there as an ambassador. And he picked up a copy of, of the book of Isaiah at the marketplace and he started to read it. And he says to Philip, who God miraculously, you know, made appear beside him, uh, tell me about this man. And he was genuinely interested. And then he says, what prevents me from being baptised? And Philip says, if you believe what you've read, nothing prevents you. And he was baptised. I love that story. And here we have three men who have learned or have been informed in some way who are seeking this Messiah King. And God responds to their seeking. Now before you say, oh right, right, so I can just believe in God anything I want to do and I can live any way I want and I can just, just before you get to that point, before you go off thinking like that, I have a question for you. Where did the star or where did God lead these wise men? Have you ever thought about that? To Jesus Christ. That's where he led them. And let me tell you something, folks. That's where God always leads people, to his son. We sang about it, the last hymn. Thank you for selecting that. Always leads people to Christ. I love testimonies. I love the testimonies of people. I love reading them, listening to them on, on well, I was going to say tape, but that'll date me, podcast, I think it is. And, 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 and I love listening to the, to live ones. What are you laughing at? <laughs> anyway, I love them. You know, and, and because they're interesting to me. And, you know, they're so varied. They start at different places. They take different paths. Mine's a bit boring, 
But I love hearing people's testimonies. But you know what I've noticed about people's testimony? As varied as they are, as, as twisted a path as they take, they all lead to the same destination. Jesus Christ and Calvary. Every single testimony has the same ending. Exactly the same ending. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. Verse 9. A star went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And verse 10 says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. Birthing experiences. I've had two. Not personally birthing, but I was there. One of them was an interesting one. Just made it to the hospital. And you know, you know, it didn't matter that, that we were in the car and we just had put in brand new lamb's wool, white lamb's wool seat covers. We were going to have the baby in the car. But those seat covers cost me a lot of money. So I made sure I got to the Essendon Maternity Hospital really quick. When a lady or woman is on the brink of giving birth, mums-to-be, they, they couldn't care less where they are. Makes no difference. Just get it out. Yes? Mm. It's a misconception. Can I have the next slide, please? It's a misconception that, that, um, that the wise men are depicted at the, the stable. They weren't at the stable. Did you, did you pick up in the reading that, that they said to, to the people as they went to Jerusalem that they'd seen a star of someone who has been born? So way back in Persia, they saw the star. Jesus was already born. Now, they had to sort of think, oh, what's that? Well, let's go. They've got to pack a few things, get a few gifts, get on their camels and Go. Yeah, it's not even a few days. You know, we're supposed to put these little figurines in the nativity scene on the 6th of January. That's when they're supposed to be there. They could not have got there on the 6th of January. That's not even two weeks. Physically impossible. It was months and months. And that's why later on in the story you hear about King Herod and the killing the kids, the babies, up until two years of age. So you can see, can't you, that sometimes we, we, we add bits to the story to embellish it. You know, we need to know their names, so we give them names. Oh, yeah, but what were they wearing? Oh, so we, you know. But what is it? What is it about the, this journey that God wants you and I to know this morning? There's three things. They were wise men. They were wise enough to seek Jesus. God informed them of his birth and they, and they know this. They prepared to make the effort to seek him out. The shepherds did the same thing in Luke chapter 2. They were informed, but they didn't say, that's nice. They went and sought out the babe. Are you wise enough this morning to seek Jesus? Are you? Are you wise enough? You know about his birth. We all know about it. In fact, Politically correctness is trying to push out that birth, isn't it? Christmas is all about family and about celebration, but it's not, is it? If you haven't found Jesus for yourself, are you still seeking him? 
Are you still trying to find him? That's an interesting question, isn't it? You know, you often see that little little caption, you know, wise men still seek him. Wise women too. They were wise enough to seek information. You know, they weren't they weren't they weren't proud and saying, Well, we're scientists, we don't need No, they knew they didn't have enough info. And they sought for they sought it. And it was discovered. They discovered that, hey, you know, Herod knew some stuff too. Because they went to the same source, the Old Testament Bible. And there they discovered that he was born in Bethlehem. And today, today we have the same thing. We have the scriptures. They clearly tell us how we can find Jesus Christ. We can find this king. He can be a king of your life. We can find this Messiah, the Saviour. He can be found. It's not that hard. And they were wise enough to worship him. This story, this story of the wise men, doesn't actually end at verse 12. But here's how I'm going to finish it for you this morning. There were two groups that had the same information, the wise men, the magi, and Herod, the religious leaders of the Jewish nation. They both had the same information. If you read that story later on, have a look at what Herod did. Nothing. He did nothing with it. The the wise men, they continued their search until they found him. So there were were two, two groups with the same information. And there were two responses to that information. I look out there, folks. I look out there everywhere I turn, everywhere I look. I see that everyone, everyone knows about Christmas. Everyone knows it's the celebration of the birth of Christ. Everyone has the opportunity to respond. Everyone. The question is, will your response today, this morning, be a wise one. That's why those men were wise. I hope you enjoy a really great Christmas on Wednesday. I really do. With your family and friends. I hope you don't eat too much and get sick, but have a great time. And may it be a blessed celebration. Let's try and remember about God's great gift to us. His Son, our Saviour, our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening.